Hello, everyone. In today's episode, I had a great conversation with Emily, and we spoke on a bunch of topics. A few that we detailed are the dangers of the birth control pill, working through limiting beliefs, building your personal business online, and finding what naturally lights you up. I'm sure you'll find value in this episode, and if you do, drop me a rating or a review. I would greatly appreciate it, and just for the sake of getting the podcast out there, getting the algorithms to spread the podcast naturally. I appreciate you. When we when we want to do something or hang out together, the first idea that will come to mind will be, oh, let's go and grab a coffee. Let's, you know, like, let's go to a restaurant or something. Uh, it will never, never be why like let's go on a hike and that was something fun about covid is that everyone learned to actually go on walks because we didn't have anything else to do um so yeah it, i guess it's just because i'm i think it's it will be different for every country in europe because i know um some people from spain they um are much more active than we are because they live nearby the sea so they go they can go surfing and stuff not all of them but most of them um, and I feel like because we are in Belgium and it's kind of in the middle of no, like it's, we don't really have a lot of nature around. I think that's the main. So is Belgium sort of like New York? It's just in the middle of everything. Um, yeah, it's actually the, the capital of Europe. Um, so it's kind of in the middle of everything. Uh, we do have a small seaside, um, but yeah, it's, it's. It's not New York because we don't have like big buildings and stuff, but it's, we do have a lot, like every time there is a, a meeting with all the European parliaments, it's, it's happening in Europe and Belgium, in Belgium, in Brussels. So I feel like business-wise, there are things going on, but the country is so small that you can't really scale anything here. So most people go either to Holland or to France. So yeah, it's kind of like, I don't really know what we, we are in the middle of everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah, it's a bit different, but some similarities. I wanted, so when you mentioned during COVID, you guys were hiking much more. Do you enjoy hikes? Were you noticing that it had a positive benefit on your mood? And if so, how come you guys didn't continue to do that? Was it just because life got busy again? I personally love nature and I lived in, like lived, I don't know if I can say live, but I lived in South Africa for three months. And that's where I discovered the power of being outside and hiking and um, going on the like cold water and stuff. And so I always wanted to implement that in Belgium. And that's also part of the reason why I wanted to leave so bad before COVID. I wanted to leave Belgium because I was like, nobody here has the mentality that I have. Uh, so I, I'm still implementing all of that. So I'm climbing, I'm doing indoor, indoor climbing. Um, I'm walking every day. I have, my mom has a dog and I walk the dog as, as soon as possible. I want to have, um, I do have a full-time job now, but I want to have that I'm also working online so I can um, at some point leave from wherever I want. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something I love, but most of my friends, they don't really, it's not something that they really value. I mean, I think they do, but they, I feel like people get into their habit pretty quickly. 
So once COVID was over, you know, old patterns came back pretty quickly and it was the same old, same old again. Uh, let's grab a coffee. Let's go and go to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how if it's not a priority, it just won't happen. I love the saying, when people say they don't have time, it's just another way of saying that's not the most important thing to me because yeah. we all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's just how do you really want to invest your time? And I, I make sure that I get outside and go on walks consistently just because the effect it has on my mood. And like I, I messaged you, when you feel good, then you can do more things. And that's important for both of us because when we're trying to create online and spark that natural passion, mm -hmm. we have to feel good. If I don't really go to the gym, it's so much harder for me to speak my message that I'm aiming to share with people. And quick, quick question. Are you like working in the, um, as a like personal trainer or is it your job or is it something that you do on the site? What I'm trying to build, and it's just came to me quite recently, is a coaching business. So yeah. that in that coaching business is on the mindset on physical health and nutrition. But that brings me back to how you mentioned, even though not everyone may love exercise in Belgium, 80% of how you look is your nutrition and what you're eating. It's, the gym is helpful. Exercise is important. But it really, if you're eating McDonald's and processed foods and seed oils all the time, things that slow your metabolism, it's no coincidence that you're going to keep on extra weight. Yeah. And so, yeah, what I'm doing is I have a lot of things going on because I'm in that building process. It doesn't happen quick. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's terrible because we always feel like it's, I don't know about you, but like, I felt like it was going to happen so quick when I decided that I wanted to build something online. Two years ago, I was like, I was still telling to my friends in six months, you see, I'll be successful online. And then you actually see that the reality is pretty different, which is amazing because it's a journey. Um, as you say, I feel like there, there is a learning phase when you are building something online. It's like a, a degree in some, like in some um, degree. I mean, like you are learning how things work and what you have to do. You, have, you learn to market yourself. What, kind of, what do you want to do really? What, what, what do you want to bring to the world? Um, and it's also super difficult to, I don't know, I struggled with knowing what I wanted to do online because I saw other people doing stuff that were successful and for a long time i believed that i had to do the same thing as they were doing to um to succeed online and i feel like this is the wrong way um to go you have to really true find what who you are i mean what you enjoy doing and the journey will be so much easier yeah, so it's definitely a process. <laughs> so how did you figure out specifically what you were passionate about and the message that you were looking to share? Uh, honestly, I'm still figuring things out. Um, I've, so I've studied marketing. So this is what I know. It's, it's something that I can use as a tool. Um, but I knew very early on that it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I, wanna, I, wanna, I didn't want it to be known as a marketer. 
And I've always been super into health and mental health because when you launch any kind of project, you have to overcome obstacles and that leads you often on a path of, you know, mental health as well. Um, what can I do to improve myself and what is blocking me? I had so many roadblocks and overcoming that is also a process. Um, so yeah, I knew that I was good at marketing. Um, I worked there for a while. I, I worked in a, as a marketer for, um, yeah, I've been working in that field for five, the past five years. And I, um, for two, two years ago, I decided that I was gonna launch my business because I was good at marketing. I was like, I'm just gonna do something in marketing. And it didn't feel quite right. I struggled to prospect just because I wasn't convinced in what I was offering. I struggled to close clients. I struggled to market myself because I didn't want to talk about marketing because I wasn't passionate about that. So after two years, I finally realized that I needed to find what I was, what, what was lighting me up, lighting me up. Um, so I'm actually in that phase at the moment. I'm exploring a bunch of topics. That's why I'm using Twitter. It has op opened up so many opportunities. Um, I've, I, want, I, I love writing online. So in, at some point, I really believe that I wanted to write online for other people. But once you do it, you realize that maybe that's not quite it yet. Because like, I love creating for myself and I feel like it's a piece of art, but then do I really want to do that for other people? Maybe I've seen someone successful doing that. So I believed again that this is what I had to do. Um, so now I'm just allowing myself to explore topics that I am enjoying and that's related to health, mental health. And I'm sure this will lead to something. I already have a few ideas, um, but yeah. So I'm currently also in the learning phase again, using the tools that I've accumulated because like my marketing experience isn't wasted. It's, it's something that I will be able to use in all of my ideas that I will want to explore further. It's beautiful how we're, we're never going to reach that finish line of the yeah. journey because it has to be that constant adaption of your process. And mm -hmm. something you mentioned that was just so important for me in my progression is just trying things and being open. That's why Twitter's helped me a lot too in podcast and the whole internet in general, when you get into a area that you're consuming healthy information rather than disempowering information, but things that jog your mind and get your creativity going, that's like a necessity for us to continue to create. I don't just come up with ideas. I see something and I'm like, oh, wow, that I like that. And then I write it down. And then I think about it and recreate it in my own personal way. And that, that being open to whatever comes your way and kind of trusting the journey, not needing your, your wants and your, your goals to be accomplished immediately, but understanding that it, having the long-term vision is so important. And you mentioned the mental health when you dive into creating something, you realize how important mental health is. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened to me. When I began this entrepreneurial journey, 
I didn't know anything about the mindset, the state of mind. And now it's one of my, my pillars because, oh man, have there been many um, hills and valleys during the process? But then you come to realize, well, it, this is really all in my control, how I perceive things. And if I'm going to focus on the right positive images or am i telling myself why i will fail it's like are you asking empowering questions or are you asking yourself questions like why won't this business work well your brain will come up with answers for that question <laughs> that's so crazy it, it really is so what what area are you specifically focusing on or feeling naturally pulled to right now? Is it writing for yourself or yeah, what do you think about that? So I love the idea of writing for myself just because I don't know if you have that feeling too, but every time I write something, it's not an easy process for me, uh, but I feel like it is a piece of art when I once I finished the, the writing process, which is amazing. So that's something I really enjoy. Um, and I want to use that as a tool again to document my process and document just what I'm doing and what I'm learning. And what I'm drawn to is especially women's health and our place in society or maybe the way we have been not programmed i don't want to say programmed but i i personally suffer from having the feeling that i have to stay small and even though in my mind i know that i want to do something bigger there is something holding me back and that's what i've been struggling with for the past two years i mean it's not a struggle but it's that's something I've, I've been dealing with and um that i've learned to um yeah just understand a little bit better and so that's gotten me very passionate about the idea of how can we overcome obstacles? And also, yeah, women's health in general. I quit the pill, a quick side story. I quit the pill two years ago uh, for the third time. So I the contraceptive pill, I tried to quit three times in total. And every single time I quit, I had like the worst acne coming back. And I yeah, had experienced terrible side effects. I was super depressed and it did like I, the first time I quit, I didn't have my period for a whole year. And I, <laughs> I was eating pretty, yeah. You wanna say something? <laughs> no, I just think it's kind of mind blowing because I'm not a fan of pharmaceuticals. And Lovely. I feel like, for your body to have such an abstract effect mm -hmm. from stopping it. I don't think that it was the stopping that was the bad thing. I think it was oh. the, the pill that corrupted your system. Yeah. But continue, I'm curious. Like, yeah. As you say, I think the, the, yeah, I'm, I'm sure now that the pill corrupted the system. And the, the crazy thing is that every time I stopped, I would go to my gynecologist and to my dermatologist saying, this is not working for me. I don't have my periods. I have I, the worst acne ever all over my face, all over my back and my shoulders. And I really struggled with, you know, um, uh, yeah, struggled. My mental health was uh, very low at the time. And all they were saying was, 
you should um, take the pill again. Like the gynecologist was saying, you are, you, you are crazy. You, don't, you, you can't stop the pill. You have to take it again. Otherwise, um, it will regulate your periods. And the, the dermatologist was saying, you have to take Accutane if you have acne, otherwise it will never go away. And I was convinced, convinced that there, were, that there, there had to be another way. And I was like, if the pill masked maybe some symptoms for 10 years, because I took it very early on in my, like in my life, I, I need to fix that because the pill is, will only like hide the problem for a bit, bit longer. And what happens if I want to have kids in five or 10 years, if, and if I can't because I just took the pill for so long. So that's also why I'm super into women's health um, because I feel like a lot of women are experiencing that and we don't have a lot of support from doctors and pharmaceutical as you say because first the pill was invented so long ago uh, it's working so they don't have any incentive to make something that works better um, and yeah i mean i don't understand how people how doctors and stuff don't really try to find a solution for a woman i think because so many women are just taking the pill and don't really say anything I, they don't realize how much it's affecting their emotional state mm -hmm. i my first girlfriend from high school she was on the pill the whole time and i now i've come to realize i don't think that she was as crazy as i thought back then i think it was that pill just destroying her emotional balance mm -hmm. so what did you do to kind of come up with a solution to that because i see you don't have acne right now it oh. you know yeah so it was a very long journey i could appeal the first time at 21 i'm now 26 um the first year the first time i could appeal for the first year i um tried nutrition only nutrition and i started working out so i was eating super healthy maybe in a way that was too healthy um, I wasn't really allowing myself to have anything outside of what was supposed to be healthy. I even became vegan and um, also because I had other, um, I wanted to save the world. So I wanted to go vegan because I wanted, you know, I wanted to stop <laughs> eating animals and stuff and for the pollution, etc. Um, so I, I became vegan, but my body didn't um, handle that at all and it was super frustrating for me because I, I could see online how it was working amazing for some people and it was like the best diet ever and yet I wasn't handling it wet well I was bloated constantly it was making me my acne worse I think so yeah I think it was a bunch of factors that made the whole um thing very very difficult for me to handle so i took the pill again after a year um i remember so this is not to bash the vegan diet because i am 100 percent sure it has a lot of benefits and it works amazing for some people but um after a year on, of not having my period when i ate my first chicken i had a, a little bit of blood the day after so it's a little bit of a proof that not there is one diet that will work for everyone. Um, I don't know if it, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. No, the, you're okay. That's a beautiful point because 
we're all different. And I cannot stand when people say, this is my way and Mm -hmm. you have to do it my way. See, I'm in good shape and I've noticed great results from my specific nutrition that I'm doing currently. But does that mean I have the right to say, hey, this is the holy grail. If you're not eating my diet, you're wrong. And and that just irritates me when people think that they know it all. Mm-hmm. I really love when someone can say, what I know is that there is so much that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And being humble, even though I'm sure you've come super far in your journey, it's like there's never a know it all point in time you just have to be open to using trial and error and i i like this process that you went through of kind of listening to your body you're the doctors are telling you this statement and they're giving you no other option but you were curious and you tried other things so what is the type of nutrition that is you feeling and not having acne right now so so that was the first year. And then I t- took the pill again because I was really feeling bad. And uh, after a while, I felt ready to quit again. Um, and I decided to be a little bit more flexible with my nutrition. Um, I mean, I don't know if I have the best nutrition ever, but I'm just eating things that I know won't make me, makes me, blo- make me bloated. Um, I am having, I'm trying to have a salty breakfast um, to not spike up my cortisol level in the morning. Um, but I also love having a good acai bowl. Uh, so then I have like, I don't know, I, I have a pretty balanced diet, I would say. And I've learned to accept the idea of not eating super, super like the best diet ever. If I'm like on holiday with friends and I'm eating a little bit more fried food, that's okay. I, because the, the first year I tried to um, fix myself through nutrition, I was being, being, being super strict. I wasn't allowing myself anything. I quit sugar, I quit um, um, dairy, gluten. I wasn't eating, eating anything. I wasn't feeling well. I, I just was super strict with everything and now I'm more flexible, but I still don't really eat a lot of gluten. I do love dairy. I don't eat a lot of sugar, but I still do sometimes. So I'd say that's, that's my diet. It's important to have a balance that allows for longevity. Mm -hmm. And I think what you went through is something I can relate to. It's just burning out when you're doing something so meticulously strict and you give yourself no wavering room to reward yourself, it's not a recipe for a consistent whatever you're doing. Like in the gym or nutrition or relationships, there needs to be a little bit of looseness to these things. And that that's why I like to view so if you have fried food, sure, we know it's not the best, but have you earned it? If you're in good shape and most of the time you're eating, a big thing for me is natural foods. So I like this simple thing. If I cannot pronounce the ingredients, it shouldn't Mm -hmm. go in my body. 
you know, and if my grandparents didn't know what it was 50 years ago, why should I eat it now? Like, I don't even know Captain Crunch or I, I, I can't even go with examples, pop tarts and just things that are not natural, but things like dairy. And I, I, I'm a big fan of animal you treating animals humanely but at the same time i do consume animals and it's i, I at least go local locally sourced for the mm -hmm. eggs and we're about to invest in an extra freezer so we could go locally sourced for the cows mm -hmm. <clears throat> to make sure that it's a grass-fed cow that it was not raised in you know a cubicle with no room it it's like for a cow to be happy, I think it needs, it needs a green grass pasture and it needs a few friends. Like that's all the cow needs to have an enjoyable life. But on the other side, if it's cramped in a terrible factory with no sunlight and just fed corn and soy rather than natural grass, you see, I'm kind of spiritual, but you feel these things. If you yeah. eat an animal that lived a miserable life, you feel that. And, and that's disgusted with by most eggs. I don't know. I have like a problem. So I've been eating organic most of my life, and I'm always eating. I'm I'm trying to eat organic, ninety percent of the time. And every time I go in another country and I have to eat eggs, I don't know. I have. I don't know why, but I have like a, a yeah. I'm struggling with eggs that aren't organic and yeah, grass. And you know that live in a. And like that that can run and stuff I don't, like i don't know <laughs> no i think you're on to something because you're probably feeling that they live the miserable life they they are so slick with their advertising they say cage free yeah. yet yeah they're cage free but they're in a small factory with no room to run like you said you feel that and it, it's upsetting that our governments allow this type of miserable farming. Like, I don't think veganism is the way, but I also don't think eating um, factory farmed animals is the way. There's, it's like everything in life, there's kind of a fine balance. Yeah. If you waver too, too much to one extreme, it's not the, not the way. No, definitely. Yeah, I feel like there is some kind of balance to be found, and I don't, I also don't think we have to. We sh should need, we should eat as much meat as most people do right now. Um, I do think I personally, I think it depends also from where you come from. I think people from the very north, maybe they've their ancestors have been eating a lot of animal proteins for most of the time because they don't have. It's too cold, so they don't they can't really, um, you know, garden vegetables and stuff. And I think it depends on what your ancestors have been eating as well. Um, so yeah, I think there are a lot of factors that can play a role here, and I think we all have to find a balance. But I don't think we have to eat meat morning, uh, noon, and night. Like my dad, he eats meat for every single meal. <laughs> That's funny. I um, it, it goes back to what we mentioned, just kind of figuring out what works for you. And it, it is a tough thing because I'm trying to 
build a lot of muscle. And I know that protein is the key factor to that. But at the same time, so important is things like fruits and dairy. Like you, you like, I do agree with the point. You don't need meat at every meal. You, there needs to be a little bit of, um, your, your body wants a bunch of different foods. It doesn't just want a consistent thing. So if, if I am eating, I, I do have two meals a day and I try to make sure I get a certain amount of protein in each meal, but I'm never eating the same thing. Like maybe it's eggs, maybe it's chicken, or maybe it's beef, but I'm not, and it's a hard, hard thing because I don't think someone like you would be sensible to eat the same diet as me because I'm trying to build a bunch of muscle. And I'm sure that you're not trying to become a bodybuilder yourself. <laughs> no, definitely not. But I also think that, as you say, we wouldn't benefit from the same diet. Um, also, again, to talk about women's hormones and stuff, I feel like a, um, a male can have can afford to do intermittent fasting and most women won't thrive on that diet. I know some women who do, they thrive on intermittent fasting um, and eating only two meals a day, um, for example, but I know most women won't. So it's super interesting, important to, um, yeah, be, be conscious of that and make sure that you yeah, find a diet that works for you. Um, and it's not because someone else is thriving on said diet that it will work for you as well. Right. It's important to kind of figure out what works for me and how do we do that? I mean, by being open and aware of what your body's telling you. What are some of the methods that you use to enhance your self-awareness? Um, good question. I would say, because I'm thinking when I quit the pill, I would say I'm not eating. I still struggle with bloating and stuff. So I know I could be eating better, but I also try to have a balance between feeding my body and feeding my mind and sometimes i just want to have something that i know will bloat me um, but i'm just enjoying the moment with friends and so that's worth it um so that's one way of finding balance there and listening to my needs um and other times when i'm just on my own i'm gonna make very simple meals and seeing if how i react yeah, I would say like when I'm on my own, it's definitely easier to track everything and to um, not be bloated. And every time I go out or I do something with other people, I, I kind of know that I will experience some discomfort. So what food specifically caused that, that feeling for you? Uh, I'd say like um, legumes. I don't really digest them very well. Um, peppers for some reason and everything yeah i think that those are the main food that i don't i mean i digest very well animal proteins that's why that's why i i don't really want to stop eating that uh animal proteins don't digest well for you 
Yeah, yeah, I do digest them very, very well. So. Oh, see, and that's one of those things. It's like, well, do I listen to my body or do I listen to society? And <laughs> I, I don't think that they're pushing the, the veganism for no reason. I okay. truly feel like we do need that animal protein. It's just about making sure that it was created and farmed in a humane, sustainable manner mm -hmm. rather than the, the destructive factory farming. But that's funny you mentioned the legumes because that's something I don't eat just based off of the information I've learned. They're more of, they're more of a survival food. And I'm not a nutritional scientist. I do not have a eight-year master's degree in this. But just from what I've learned in the trial and error, there's, there's certain things that your body digests smoothly and well. And then there's other things that your body kind of just says like, what the fuck is this? What is this? Yeah, that's why I think that's why when I went vegan for almost a year, my body didn't handle that well, just because I wasn't, I was eating too many foods that I couldn't digest. And it really irritated my gut lining. I just messed up with my whole body, I feel like. Even though I wish it had worked, honestly, but yeah. <laughs> right because the morals of it is i love animals i am like I, I, I won't kill a spider anymore i used to kill animals i and now anything and everything i try to make sure it lives like there was a moth in my bathroom today and i got it outside of the window uh -oh. and it's like i love animals but at the same time i i if i fed my body nothing but plants and vegetables, I wouldn't have the energy to have the impact mm -hmm. on real humans that I'm looking to have. And it's kind of crazy how much the nutrition, the mindset in your overall well-being is intertwined. If going back to if you don't feel good, it, you're not going to have the energy to create things and be someone who inspires other people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's why I, de I decided to eat, like to stop being vegan at, at the end because I wanted to, I did that in the first place because I wanted to not save the world, but I had like very good intentions. I wanted to lower my carbon footprint. I wanted to uh, save animals and stuff. But then it made me so miserable that I was like, if I can't really help myself and I, I can't be in a good place, how will I be able to help others? I'm trying to do to save the world, but I can't even save myself. So I was like, I need to take care of myself first. And hopefully, I mean, I'm sure it will end up having an impact on other people. So that was a big, a big lesson there as well. What was coming to that realization like? Because what society wants you to think is you're saving the world, but then you're like, but I feel horrible. So what do I choose? What was that like coming to that realization? Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's a good question. And it's something I haven't really talked. To. I, I remember that period very well. And I remember the feeling I had at that period, but I, I never thought about it again. And I remember feeling so ashamed, actually, because I said to all of my friends that I was going to go vegan. 
Um, I didn't mention it, but at the time I also went back to university to study marine biology uh, because I wanted to be a scientist. Um, and so that was my first year. Um, I was 23, I already had a degree, but yeah. So I had a lot of things going on at the time. I tried to be, I think it was the first time in my life where I tried to do something good. So the marine biologic thing, being vegan, quitting the pill, um, I was trying to eat super healthy and stuff. And the fact that it didn't work out for me at the end, because I also quit the degree, was I felt very ashamed for a while and then I talked about it to my friends and family and I was like I can't do it anymore I'm like miserable it doesn't it's not making me happy and in the end you just realize that people are super understanding and I've I've had a lot of moments in my life where I was just so lost on what the next step was and what 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 am I trying to do here and that's something I've kind of always been ashamed of because I wish I had that super clear path in front of me and that I knew exactly where I was going to and that everything was super clear and when I see my friends I'm like oh lucky you you know exactly where you want to go but at the same time it's also a beautiful journey because you keep learning and learning and you just, um, I've, I've come to accept that I am still figuring things out. And so, yeah, that was a big lesson there that it's okay to quit something if it doesn't work for you, even though you wanted to do something good and you'll have other opportunities to do good and you are super important and if you aren't good if, if, if you aren't feeling good then you won't be able to do anything to help anyone else yeah i don't think you're alone with what you've just explained i i truly there's no way that that is something that only me and you have felt because everything you just explained just hits it's like hitting the nail on the head of my past couple years when you're doing something that is kind of listening to your intuition and for me it's like i wanted to create something i wanted to have the freedom over my own time that's really the quickest way to sum it up and when you aim to be your own boss the the windy path that we go through it's that way for a reason because once you accomplish that goal, that vision, you start to realize, or, or even before you accomplish it, but just a little bit further down the journey, you realize that all of those moments were necessary mm -hmm. for, for you to understand what it's all about. And the, the pathway to success, I don't think for anyone is really just a straight diagonal from the left to the top right. And anyone who says that is full of shit. I really, I'm not a fan of gurus who make amazing things seem easy. I, I'm really drawn to people who are authentic about the personal experiences that they've gone through and how at times you feel hopeless, but that kind of brings me to the importance of our mindset and kind of the inner work that you do to it's if you're focusing on a negative vision and telling yourself all the reasons why you won't accomplish it, 
that's a choice. And on the other side of that choice is actually asking the empowering questions. How am I going to do this? Okay, what step is next? I love the quote. It's like a thousand mile journey starts with one step, one step. Mm -hmm. And from there, you kind of figure out slowly, just have kind of a, a, a clarity of what you want in the big picture while understanding that the pathway you're taking to that big picture vision is full of bumps, it's full of mistakes, but they're learning lessons. Yeah, definitely. And you have to, you have to try things. And if you don't try, you might never know if it was the right or the wrong thing to do. I mean, there are really a right or wrong thing to do. I feel like everything that, every decision that we make will lead to a lesson, whether that's a good lesson or a not so good lesson. It will like make us go further into the journey and it will guide us through um, to our path even further. So I feel like, yeah, we just have to take action one step at a time, as you say. And it's, it, it's, a, it's something I struggle, I've struggled with and I st still struggle with at, at, at some, like sometimes. It's the idea of not seeing too big, not seeing the end of the, like the top of the, the tip of the mountain and understanding, understanding that we have to take the first step and then the next step and then the next step. And we don't have to, um, it's, it's good to have a vision and a clear vision to where we want to head and where we want to go. But it might not happen as we, it will probably never happen as we imagine it that it will happen. So it's super important to be open to any possibilities. And I am someone, I'm trying not to make claims here, but I love to be controlling. And that's something I'm working on uh, because I always want to know what's the next step and what's the next step. And I need to know in advance um, because otherwise I can get anxious and I know it's so important to just be, be okay with being open to anything. And there's a book I read, you, you might have read it too. It's called, uh, what's the name again? It's called, um, oh shit, I forgot the name. I forgot, it will come back. <laughs> the, um, the Surrender Experiment. Have you read it? No. Ah, by Michael something. It's an amazing book. It's a guy who, um, I don't know if you want me to, <laughs> I'm actually like talking about that, but it's a guy who started and he was just like, Give, leave me alone. I just want to spend my time meditating uh, on my own. And I don't want to like do anything else. I want to focus on my thoughts and I just want to, um, make them go away. And so he was super controlling about that. He was really, I just want to be on my own. Yeah, leave me alone. And it's so crazy because he had that way of surrendering to what was happening and he wasn't listening to his mind and his thoughts. So his thought would tell him, don't let those people enter into your life because you need to stay on your own because you don't want to be distracted from meditating. But he knew it was his thoughts. So he let everything happen as it was meant to happen. And so in the story, you have people entering his life and 
I don't know, it's so crazy because his path is just unfolding itself. And this guy is going from being a loner and meditating on his own to building a million dollar business, tech business in the medicine, something. I don't remember exactly what it was, a billion dollar business, which is crazy because it wasn't his like he wasn't his intention in the beginning and i find uh, his story so amazing well i think the message behind that is really beautiful it's to to allow the universe the creator the source whatever religion you believe in it's all the same there's one thing that created everything and we want to control what it is doing mm -hmm. and that's not our job what can we control? What we do, what we say, what we feel, and what we think. That's all, those mm -hmm. four things. And if you optimize those categories of your life and then leave the rest up to the universe, it's not easy. I struggle with this. It's sometimes you just want it now. Mm -hmm. You want all your, your goals and dreams to happen quickly. And then you take a step back and it's like, well, did I do my best today? Did I put in effort today? I like the, the idea that progress is not always physically measurable. Sometimes you just have to say, did I put effort in today? And that's a good job. And how did you become or, or fall into the growth mindset? Because I had a fixed mindset for a long time and the growth mindset, adopting it is probably the best thing any human can do. Oh, that's, 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 that's so powerful. I think um, when, I was, when I started learning English, I had a very fixed mindset in the beginning. I always believed like I'm not good at languages because I failed all of my studies. I, I was never the language girl. And when I started learning English, I decided at some point that I was gonna listen to books because I was like, I don't really understand what people are saying. So I'm gonna practice my listening skills. And I started listening to audiobooks. It was very early on in my English learning journey. And the first book I listened to was a rom like a, a fiction book. And then I stumbled upon this book, which is called Mindsets by Carol Dweck, Dr. Carol Dweck. And it blew my mind. And I think that's, that's honestly the book that opened my mind to having a growth mindset. I just realized that if we, like the, the, we, we aren't this or that, we are what we allow ourselves to be. And if I wanna become good in English, then I can just do a little bit every day and I will become the, like, eventually if i put the effort daily something will happen like it's not possible that i stay in the same place and yes of course certain people have um it's easier for other people for some people than than it is for other people i learning speaking languages isn't my the first thing i'm good at but i've learned to accept that and still go on the journey and try to learn the language and in four years, only four years without taking any class, never, like I never, like I think I, I took like maybe a two or three weeks class, English lessons. And I am speaking better than most of my friends. 
uh, I'm writing. My writing is much better than my speaking, but still, I mean, I'm super impressed by the progress. That is impressive. So what else did you do besides listening to audiobooks? Because I would love to learn another language and I am not going to go and take classes for it. But if there's another way that I could learn, I think that that's a amazing skill to have. Yeah, so your, your, your first yes. language is Belgium? Yeah, it's French. Oh, je m'appelle Justin, comment ça va? Oh, nice. I, I, <laughs> I took I took French in high school and yeah, like a lot of Americans take take French in high school. And I barely know anything, but I know how to say my name, how to count to fifteen, and isn't ice cream like glass? Yeah, so, nice. Yeah, so, so <laughs> okay, I I interrupt the question. What well, do you remember <laughs> the question? The question was, um, yeah, what else did I do to learn English? I mean, to learn a language or a new skill, I would say in general. Uh, but to learn English, I, so yeah, I am very bad with the whole education system. I dropped out of school. Um, I was always very bad at English and stuff. So I'm not the kind of person that will thrive in an environment where I have someone teaching me something and I had to sit for eight hours straight and listen and somehow magically the, the, the knowledge will come onto me. Like I need to practice, I need to be like to do things. And for me, learning English started with, actually I was very blessed and lucky that my parents um, had the means to send me away for a few months. So I went and do some volunteering. So that was the first thing I did um, with, I, with English people. And I did some volunteering for five months. And I remember calling my moms after a month saying, I don't understand a thing of what they are doing. I'm just here sitting around with people talking. And every time someone says a joke, I feel like I don't understand it, but I feel like I have to laugh uh, because everyone else is laughing. So I'm just like, ah. <laughs> so that was a fun experience. Um, and at the end of the five months, I could understand a little bit. I could say some some words and stuff but honestly the progress was very slow it was very frustrating and but i i knew i i i already saw some progress but i, I as you say we sometimes want to get to the the, the end point and i the, at the time i didn't see the beauty in the journey so i was like i need to to, to be fluent in english i don't want to uh, go through the whole you know, learning process and i don't want to be bad at it but i had to accept that i was going to be bad at it before i could become good or at least average at it and so that was the first step immersing myself in emerging myself in a uh, an environment um i got uncomfortable a lot so i was speaking in English, even though I couldn't speak English, and I could see that people were understand, understanding what I was saying. I could, I don't know, it was, I had a lot of embarrassing moments, but I'm sure this helps as well to, you know, um, yeah, just go one step further in the journey and getting closer to the goal. I, then I listened to a lot of audiobooks because I could see that my listening skills weren't, like I wasn't understanding what people were saying. And after a while, I realized that I was understanding, understanding people better, but I couldn't write properly. So I started reading and that helped a lot. And I feel like now the only missing piece to my 
English is really speaking practice. So that's the next step. I need to go on my own again and travel and speak English most of the time. And I'm sure the progress will be, I mean, I feel like this is the missing piece. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think that you're wrong. Uh, you kind of get these intuit intuitive or gut feelings. And I, I bet you're absolutely correct with that. So if I wanted to learn another language, the first step would be kind of immersing myself in a whole, like kind yes. of traveling somewhere new. I mean, you don't have to travel if you don't want to, or if you don't have the means to do it, you could emerge yourself without the whole expensive travel thing. You could just like, start watching YouTube videos in French, start reading in French, start listening to audiobooks in French, start, I don't know, reading in French as well. Um, there are many things that you can do to really immerse yourself in that environment without the need to be in Paris, for example. Um, so, uh, is it still working? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think um, the main point is immersing yourself and just do it daily and you won't see progress at first and i remember when i was when i started reading in english or listening in english i couldn't understand a word and that's completely normal like i remember I, I i read the thing and i was like i don't understand it and so i had the humility i don't want i don't want i don't know how to say it otherwise but other than that but i just took a very easy book a very like I started with very easy books and even though I wanted to read self-help books but I, I I didn't have the knowledge to I didn't have the level to read those kind of books so I started with something easier and slowly increased the difficulty from there and I think a big part of doing anything is having a good reasoning behind what you're doing so what was your driver to learn English? Oh, I knew. So I felt stuck in Belgium. I couldn't speak English. I could, I could only speak French and I could speak a little bit of Dutch because in Belgium, we are supposed to speak both languages. So we, I've, I've been learning Dutch since I was very young. So I could speak it a little bit. Uh, but I knew I wanted to work globally. I wanted to have a lot of opportunities and English is definitely a language that allows that. And it wasn't, I don't know if you've read the book Unfair Advantages, but it's something that says that we all are wired in a way or through our education or, you know, um, where we come from and who we are surrounded by will shape us and we from that we can take i don't know things that we can use as our advantages in life whether that's in business or i don't know relationships and anything and i didn't have that english advantage because i wanted to work globally and i wanted to meet new people and to be able to travel easily but i had that missing piece so that was really the main driver i would say i wanted to have to, and same as you i wanted to be able to experience the freedom of working from anywhere and i know it's possible to do it in french as well but i love challenges and i also love yeah i don't know i became obsessed with english for some reason well i think that's a good point that you love challenges i feel like humans are meant to be challenged and the moment that you don't have something meaningful that you're working towards 
life becomes dull, mm-hmm. mind gets corrupted. And I, I think that's why some people do not get their instant gratification of their journey. Because if the universe, if you got what you wanted quickly, your future might turn out to be just not ideal. And I know, I know for a fact, that's what is going on with me. Because a few years ago, all I wanted was money to be rich quick. So that's funny. and, And I like now I realize that money is a tool. It helps you so much in life, mm-hmm. but money alone is not going to bring you happiness. Yeah. You need a bigger purpose. You need to be helping people to be helping yourself to have connection, real connection. Like this conversation, it's, it's, what humans are meant to do to to deeply connect and it's it's kind of lost in today's age and i think that's why so many people happen to be depressed i can't stand that that saying because it's a choice to be depressed it's your thoughts the way that you are continuously cycling negative thought patterns without having any awareness of what's going on. And that's why I'm so drawn to the state of mind, because I realize, oh, wow, even though I'm not rich, I'm so much happier than I could have ever imagined. It's, it's mind blowing what you're capable of when you really choose to go on a path of self-development. Definitely. And I feel that's something I resonate with the idea of. So I, I was the same two years ago. I was like, I want to be rich quick, basically. And you, you see, you know, you see all of the, those claims online that you can be rich quick, even though I don't believe in that anymore. But I did believe in that when I first got into um, online businesses. And I feel like I didn't manage to get rich and I feel like part of the reason why is because I was, that was my only goal. And that was distracting me from finding fulfillment inside. And so I wasn't happy with where I was. And I was putting that unhappiness on the idea. Like I was making it money's fault. Like it's because of money that I'm not happy. And I kept having roadblocks in my journey because I think that deep down, I knew that if I was finally making the money, I'd finally realize that I wasn't any happier. And so I had to sabotage myself because that would give me an excuse to keep walking towards something and have something to think about, if that makes sense. And I finally, at, at some point I was like, that's not what I need to be working on. I need to be working on myself and making myself happier. And when that will happen, everything else will follow. I know everything else will unfold once I will have found, and I'm still working on that. And I have done so much progress on that. Uh, But I I feel like everything will um, take place and happen as as it should once I'm happy with where I'm at and I'm content and yeah, satisfied with the situation I'm at right now. And that's the idea of enjoying the journey. Like mm-hmm. we, 
we just come to understand we're not going to force things to happen at a certain time. And it, that's the importance of recognizing progress and actually admiring yourself for taking or embarking upon the journey of self-improvement. And good things take time. I love that quote because I, it's like, you do the intraday small things and you focus on just one little thing, building that at a time. And eventually the whole wall is built. It's, you have to really embody patience and to embody patience, there needs to be something meaningful behind what you're doing. And I don't think there's anything more meaningful than your own fulfillment and personal ability to enjoy the day. Mm -hmm. Like I used to be the person who I spent so much time with my friends in high school that I never wanted to be alone. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't with my friends, I was with my girlfriend. If I wasn't with her, I was with my friends. And oh my gosh, it was hard to be alone for the beginning periods. And now I know I've made such progress because I like being alone now. And it's, it's kind of shocking if, how, like, to how, even how, say that. How did that happen? And what made you, I don't know, like invest into mental health, like invest into wanting to learn how to be alone? Well, I think we mentioned this earlier, how one one action transfers into something else. Mm -hmm. So with my get rich quick idea, I spent so much time in the stock market and I still do the stock market in the mornings. But then from the stock market, I learned, holy shit, there's a lot of psychology behind this. And from psychology of the stock market transferred into mental health, recognizing or, or understanding how my breaths can be channeled to calm myself down. And from there, I started reading books about the market, but then that slowly transferred into deeper self-development books, books about um, the atrocities of the world, kind of understanding how bad things can get can help you put into context. Okay, I have walls, I have technology, I have a shower that I can change the temperature on, I have warm bed. Why the fuck am I miserable? Why am I complaining? And then I realized, oh, wow. Like, and then it just kind of compounded. And now I am very conscious about how I'm using my time. That's mm -hmm. kind of, I, it's hard to sum it all up because it's such a long journey, but I think that's the route to, to how this all escalated. I feel like it's something it's some often like one thing that will lead to digging deeper into that so for us it was our entrepreneurial journey and trying to accomplish something and realizing that we, it wasn't really making us happier and that we probably would just need to look, look into ourselves for other people it might be i don't know like something terrible or And I feel like it's often that one event that will, you know, start the, the, the journey into self-discovery and yeah, mindfulness and all of that. 
it, it's like the shell begins to crack and then you kind of see all of the possibilities that, that spread from it. But this conversation has been so enjoyable and I'm 100% sure that people will have learned from this. I, I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. And if you want to direct any of the listeners anywhere, where should we direct them? Um, so I write on Twitter and it's my Twitter is Twitter slash, slash is it slash dot com slash. I'll link, I'll link everything in yeah. the description. Perfect. And yeah, that's mostly it. I, I am writing on Medium as well, but after uh, I post my articles on Twitter as well. So you, you'll find everything there. Well, thank you so much. I, I had a blast and I hope you have a good rest of your day, Emily. Thank you so much, Justin.